genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, two more ridiculous helmets at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I thought you were going to say one naked hobbit at a time. (laughs) I'm Cassandra Fredrickson and I'm disappointed. (laughs) Today we're talking about Minute 184, which starts with Frodo finishing his sentence from yesterday. He says, you must understand, there's a pause. The ring is my burden. It would destroy you, Sam. And it ends with Frodo looking out over the plains of Gorgoroth and saying, Gorogoroth. It's him. <laughs> looking at the eye. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's him. So, do you think Sauron's been up in his, like, dream DMs being like, hey, baby, what's up? <laughs> Maybe. Like, like, well, I know he can't really sleep with the ring. but Like, like an Animal Crossing? He's just visiting him in his dreams? Yeah, yeah! He's got his dream code. Like, he can't really, he hasn't really slept much since all of this started, but, like, I still, do you think, like, what form do you think Sauron takes? Is it, like, the eye? Is it, like, the necromancer from The Hobbit? Is it, like, his, like, swanky-ass hot Sauron form? Right, uh, what's his name? Uh, Anatar? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. In the in the book, whenever the ring is referred to in some sort of weird metatextual sense, it seems to be referred to as a wheel of fire. So maybe that I don't mm. know. So like a biblical angel. I mean, that's what the Maiar and Valar kind of are—is angels. Yeah. So I don't know. But like, so that's just Sauron's like form. So, like, the eye is close to his, like, unfettered... His true unfettered self? Maybe. Yeah. It could be. Certainly possible. We have been, like, laughing about, like, the literal take of, like, the giant freaking eye. Right. But is it a left eye or a right eye? We'll never know. It's a middle eye. It's his third eye. Oh, I see. It's his true whatever. He's got, a, he's got his third eye open. He's a cyclops, Norman. Sauron is a cyclops. Yeah. But his helmet had two eye holes. Not three. Not that we could see his eyes through them. Aesthetic. Just, just for the aesthetic. Yeah. You can see through the metal anyway. <laughs> but yeah, this 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 scene starts with, this minute starts with Frodo taking the ring back, saying to Sam, it is my burden. It would destroy you. Mm-hmm. So this is them continuing to kind of play with the the tone of the scene, because this line is supposed to be Frodo, free from the ring, being selfless in his tone to Sam at the tail end of this. Yeah. And I I don't know how much that really comes across to me. It still feels, it feels like an excuse rather than a reason, mm. depending on how you read the tone of the rest of what preceded it. Yeah. I think it, um, I can see that uh, because after he says it, like, he is, like, physically weighed down by Mm. the ring so like to kind of 
emphasize that like if you carry this for too long it's going to destroy you too yeah um and i i do think that it speaks to frodo's um selflessness uh but i also kind of agree with your reading i think it's it's multifaceted in that like you can you can read into it both ways yeah uh, I, I like that about all the stuff that has to do with the ring. Yeah. That it's all it's all muddled by the ring's presence. So mm-hmm. there's j- different ways to read things. Yeah. Not just through tone, even if the tone kind of comes across one way. The ring being in the scene is a reason to kind of read things differently. And I find that really interesting about it as a as a narrative device in this yeah. in this adaptation. Yeah, for sure. So I just think it's cool. And then uh, Sam suggests that they. Find some clothes. Yes. And they find the smallest set of orc clothes available and some not great helmets. Yes, I have several questions. Um, first of all, I I uh, I like the orc armor. It does look a little loose fitting. It does yes. not look like it fits it, them well. Yeah, it looks it looks a little too big, especially the chain, um, which is you know I think it's a nice touch. Yeah. Um, I like Frodo's like orc leg warmers he's got going on mm. um with like just like the fur that's just like strapped to his leg like <laughs> yeah it's literally just like tied around with like some string um where did they find these helmets somewhere in Kirthungle. do we see orcs with helmets like this at all in Kirthungle, no and I don't think anywhere else. Yeah. They were just designed to look vaguely orcish by design. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I like that they're like kind of bird like. It it's very silly. Yeah. Um it feels like you know that scene in Avatar, The Last Airbender, where they're like gonna sneak onto the fire the Fire Nation ship and they're just like, Oh yeah, we have Fire Nation armor from like when they attacked and it's like old school. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. Like they went into a storeroom and they're just like, oh, we're going to take these helmets. And then one of the orcs is like, we haven't used those since like. We haven't used those in like six years. That was an eternity ago. (laughs) That was like several generations ago. Right. That's so funny. (laughs) But yeah, this these helmets are just kind of dumb. They... I don't know. I, I like Frodo's. I don't get. Is Sam supposed to be an Oliphant? I don't. I don't know. Apparently, they were presented with the two helmets, and they picked which one they liked. And Elijah just grabbed the the this big bird like one first. Yeah. And Sam's just like, man, you're just dooming yourself to having to wear that thing around on set. Yeah. It just it's got this big hollow chamber in it. It looks vaguely like Plague Doctor mask. Too. Yeah. They uh, in the commentary, I can't remember who says it. I think I, I think it it's it's either Billy or or Dom. It might be someone else says that they think it's vaguely Flash Gordon like. I don't understand that reference. Um, Flash Gordon is like like the the radio serial like um, sci fi story of a of a guy that like goes to space and then there's like there's a movie I think it was made in the seventies where the entire soundtrack was done by Queen. Oh, dude, what? Yeah. It's where the, the Queen song Flash is from that movie. Oh. It's, it, that's why that song is, if you listen, if you really listen to it, it, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Like, we're the saviors, we're the princes of the universe. Like, what are you talking about? You know what? It's Queen. I don't ask questions. Right. 
But it, it's because they did the soundtrack for the movie Flash Gordon. I think there's a Flash Gordon minute, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I've never seen that movie. So. Um, I haven't in a long time. Uh, I believe the bad guy is named Ming the Merciless. All right. Sounds, I, I think. Sounds like a, um, a Silver Age comic book. Yeah, it, I think it's based on radio serials, uh, much like Buck Rogers. Hmm. Also haven't seen that. Buck Rogers, just a dude with a jetpack that flies through space with a, with a single helmet on and stuff. Whatever. That's legit. I mean, Star-Lord. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's a lot of Buck Rogers in Star-Lord, to be perfectly honest mm. with you. But Flash Gordon is just looks like a stereotypical, like, blonde-haired jock. So why does this helmet? Because it, it has, like, they think it has, like, aesthetic design choices that are in keeping with sort of the, the swoopy, like, Space 40, stuff? 30s and 40s sci-fi stuff. That existed, and like I kind of see it, I dig it. I, I get think, what they, I get what they're saying when, I they, think when someone the, calls it that. The ears or whatever they are on the side actually remind me more of like the Flash, like the mm. DC superhero with like his little, wings. his little wings. Yeah, his little Hermes wings. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think these these masks are designed to hide as much of their faces as possible, but still understanding who is who, mm-hmm. which is fine. But it still shows enough of their skin that how would an orc ever be fooled? I don't know. And uh, you know they're what? just impractical. Maybe that's why that one dude in a in in a few minutes. Yeah, he he sees the the like pink two skin. weeks from from now. Maybe that's why that one guy is just like, hey, hey, oi, you there? <laughs> What's always <Oli> said? <laughs> but. I think Sam's is meant to be an only thought. I like his little like weird or like a hummingbird. Yeah. I don't know. They're they're both vaguely bird like. Yeah. I think the I like the shot as they're coming towards the bridge. You can tell that they're just like dropped into a miniature shot. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think it works selling the size of them to the bridge and stuff. Uh but it you can you can see the age of that shot, I think. It probably wasn't as noticeable at the time to most people. But i picked it out just watching it back now, just oh. They just dropped into that shot. Yeah, I mean, do do what do what you can with what you have. And then they look out over all these orcish, like this orcish army or these orc armies moving. Mm-hmm. Just there's so many of them. We'll never get through unseen. And I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, I, <laughs> spoilers, Norman. I um I like the dumb spotlight Effects effect from, with the eye moving yeah. around. Like we see more of that you know, over the course of the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's weird that this is the, they use this establishing shot, I think like four times across talking about Mordor, like a very similar establishing shot with Barador in the mountain. Yeah. They just keep using it complete with like thunderclouds in the background. Well, I, cause I think like it's meant to be like the, this is like the focal point of, of Mordor. Like you're meant to, it's meant to draw the eye. Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting to me that they, and they seem to use it like in really close proximity. Yeah. Especially over the next like 10 to 15 minutes. I think it's just, you know, like, I think it's meant to draw attention to itself um, with, with Sauron's like hubris. Mm. Like, look how cool my tower is, and also my cool mountain. Yeah. That is definitely a volcano. 100%. I... <sighs> okay. <laughs> you know what? In my defense, since we have recently revisited the chapter 
in which the ring is destroyed, spoilers, um, in which they go into Mount Doom and destroy the ring, nowhere in the text does it explicitly say it is a volcano. That's true. It is always the mountain. We have not talked about this in a really long time. But it's I true. still feel really dumb. <laughs> it's called the mountain and the chambers of fire right. and the cracks there of are doom. No, there's no... Nowhere in the text does it say lava? Does it say magma? Does it say anything <laughs> about volcanoes? It's fire. It's always fire. And dude, there are tiny people with hairy feet that eat nine meals a day. I buy a magical fire mountain. Fair enough. But yeah, this it's just one of those things that I just am noticing now how often they've kind of used a very similar establishing shot of Mordor. Yeah. Because they don't tend to do that with other other locations. Like, not in the same movie. What else are they going to show? I don't, exactly, I don't know. Like, we There's are literally ramping up to this point, like, here is your scary villain and here is the scary mountain. Right, like there's nothing to show, yeah. so I, I get it, but at the same time, it, it feels like it's in like sharp contrast to the way other locations are presented visually. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that that's kind of a good thing for Mordor because of what it represents, Yeah. but at the same time, it just seems like an odd visual choice compared to how we only got a reestablishing shot of Rivendell once twice. or twice, or... The establishing shots that show Minas Tirith, there's a couple, but then Minas Tirith, the city itself is just in the background of a lot of shots, mm. rather than being the focus of establishing shots over Pelnor Fields. Yeah. And, I mean, there are a lot of places where they could have used establishing shots of Minas Tirith in a very similar way to the way they use these shots of Mordor, I but just, they don't. I just think it's, like, because it's been, like, almost an hour since we've hung out with these two. Yeah. Um, It has been a while at this point in the movie since we've seen this establishing shot. Yeah. So, like, we are are in... This might be the first one in Return of the King, actually. We're in the final chapters of this. Like, we're ramping up toward the end. So it makes sense to me to be like, okay, here's the goal. And I like, like, every time we see um, the Baradur and and Mount Doom, um, it's a little bit closer. So like, yeah. I it's meant to call attention to itself because like we're literally on this journey with these two, and like if the landmark doesn't move, like that this is what they're looking at. So it's yeah. like what we should be looking at. I, I right. There's nothing I else think, for them to look at. Yeah, yeah. There's no other landmark for them to follow. Right. There's just this glowing mountain and this glowing tower. Yeah, and it would be disheartening not to see their progress. Yeah, if you only ever saw. Things in the distance at ground level. Or, like, we didn't see anything at all, yeah. I think. It's like, yeah. how how close are they? Because then, like, the whole point of an establishing shot is to, like, establish where they are. So, like, right. in, in relation to their goal, I think it makes sense that it's reused or it's, like, a similar um, shot, you yeah. know? Man, the movie is about to make me sad for one specific reason. Why? There's no where there's a what there's a way. Oh, I mean, I'm totally down for that. These movies can't be these these movies can't be 100 percent perfect. I know. I know. If only. Dude, that song slaps. It does. It should have been worked into Howard Shore's composition. No, 
No, it does not fit. Just at the all. drum beat. No. Um. Okay. So that that, that movie sucked, <laughs> but that's one song. It's just very rushed. Almost made it worth it. <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, but yeah, I don't have anything else for for the minute today. I just uh there's no musical number from the Orkish Taskmaster. Yeah, dude. Just they gotta rehearse. It's theater day in in, in Mordor. <laughs> That's what the inspection's about. Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> wants to wants to see if their performance of Where There's a Whip, There's, there's a Way is a up whip. to stuff. There's a way. <laughs> oh my god. You just imagine some hip young orc Gosh. with headphones in, and where there's a whip, there's a nay nay. Oh. I, dude, I made that joke off mic. You stole my joke. When? I don't remember this. Like a month ago. That's yeah, too long ago. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I see. There's no artistic integrity anymore. I don't remember. <laughs> Stealing my jokes. All right. Why are men? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> We're from the website duelinggenre.com, but if you'd like to continue the discussion about anything we talked about today or anything else so far in these movies, especially if you're new to the group, you can head on over to the Facebook listener group, The Fellowship of the Mic, and join the conversation. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back tomorrow to finish out the week, see what's going on with Frodo and Sam, the rest of Mordor, and rejoin some others for a brief moment. Yay! Yay! Bye. Bye.